You are now listening to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. Sexton gets it. Three seconds. Two. Sexton at one. For win. It's good! It's good! It's good! Your home for all things Alabama basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Blake Byler. Animals are like, I don't know if that like, like resonates <laughs> with you, but like you always see tigers in like, like on pictures and like on TV, but when you like see a tiger in front of you, it's like, what am I looking at? Matthew Gibson. You had Alabama fans selling their on-court seats to Auburn fans for the biggest game in God knows how long. And Jacob Pickle. At some point, somebody's got to take a stand. It's like, hey, man, the Capitol's that way. Chill out. (laughs) No! Stop it! Enjoy the show. All right, welcome in to the Blue Collar Unplugged Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 13. I'm your host, Blake Byler, joined as always by Matthew Gibson. Uh, Jacob Pickle, and we have um, a lot of news to talk about with Alabama. We're going to talk about um, a new jersey reveal. We're going to talk about um, – we'll touch on Alabama's uh, win over LSU. Uh, their loss to Auburn from last week. Alabama went one one last week. They're currently on their bye week, and then we're going to get into uh, some of their uh, – previewing their matchup with Texas A&M. Uh, but just to start out, guys – Honestly, we can start out with this jersey, this beautiful jersey that is on our screen in front of us. Alabama got new uniforms for the first time in, like, ages, it feels like. Alabama has rocked kind of the same look for a long time, and and these jerseys were teased. It's going to be retro day uh, against Texas A&M. They're going to be honoring the 2004 Elite Eight team. Alabama's only Elite Eight team. Um, Jacob, I know you've known about this for a long time. How hard was it to keep this uh, this secret under wraps? It, it was so tough. I mean, I like <laughs> it feels like about every week or two somebody circulates uh, basically a design not really not really too far off from this one, honestly, uh, or something like that. It's like, man, if only we had these, and if only we had something like that. And uh, since about really just honestly, just about the summer, uh, I had known that this was coming, and it was just. It was exciting to to hear everybody buzzing and talking about it. Because I mean, I, I know it's going to be a hit uh, on all sides. So I know the marketing team is extremely excited to get these out and uh, have them ready for purchase by player and everything like that. But I, I think you can see the players' excitement too. Uh, and I, it's, it's going to be awesome. I mean, not a, a lot of anticipation building up for that. A good 11 a.m. tips, good solid game, and being able to have those jerseys is going to be just fantastic. Matthew, what are your thoughts on the jersey itself? Because uh, you have it, it, white, crimson tied across the front, which uh, has Alabama ever had a jersey that says crimson tied on it? I don't think so. I, I don't think either. But what stands out to me is the Block A logo. The Block A logo yes. is back. It's back in full force. And I think a lot of it has to do with Caitlin DeBoer wanting to bring that in too. But, uh, again, it's beautiful. It's it's the best logo I think that Alabama can use. They're they're bringing it back. I I, I think if you're an Alabama fan, you've got to be really pleased with that. It's just such a beautiful, crisp logo. 
They've got it there in the shorts. Um, I really love it. I, I don't know what to think about the gray a little bit. I think the gray trimming is kind of so-so. But it's interesting. Else, I like it. You like it? Everything, I, everything about it. Everything about it is awesome. I, I love the the crimson yeah. tie on the front. The the red number with the white trimming is excellent. Um, it, it's just an overall a great uniform with just a little bit of a throwback touch there. I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, I think some people like there were rumors spreading. It was getting out, but like not super fast that there would be like throwback jerseys of some sort. But I th- I people didn't know whether it was going to be like a true recreation of a throwback jersey. Like I think of the one that they wore um, like in the 70s where it had like the stripes on the collar. Uh, Like that's one I wondered if they were going to try to do or like maybe the ones that like Petway and them wore in the early 2000s. Um, But the the fact that they did the the throwback elements of a new jersey uh, is really cool. Obviously the block is awesome. I wondered if they were going to use the block A and put it like in the middle of the chest, like Arkansas has done with one of their throwback logos or throwback jerseys. I'm glad that they did it the way that they did though, putting the the block A on the shorts and then actually putting crimson tide across the front of the Jersey looks just like a mock-up that our, our dear friend, Brian Moss made. Uh, what was that? A couple years ago? A couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He made one that looked almost just like this um it looks awesome i'm trying to think like do y'all think alabama should use obviously we think alabama should use the block a more i think it's alabama's best logo i think it's cool that the basketball team uh it was kind of the first of the programs to bring it back so to speak nate oates and the coaching staff started wearing like jackets with it on it a couple years ago uh and since then now Coach DeBoer and the football program is using it a little bit. Like, yeah. it's it's great. I mean, it, it's a fantastic logo, and I, I like I like the basketball team's kind of ownership of it previously, and like to see it spread to football as well. Because I, I think, like, I know it, I believe it was the official logo of Alabama for a bit. I forget the exact timing on it, um, but I know it's been a minute. But also, I thought it was like used primarily for basketball a lot of the time too, which is. is cool to see basketball be the first to kind of usher that in and bring it in again to the to the fold of the general branding of Alabama yeah that was Alabama's sorry the the block a was Alabama's official logo from 1973 to 1998 and then it switched to the the big elephant face um that and y'all know the one I'm talking about yeah that says like Alabama across the bottom of it. Um, That one was the official from 1998 to 2004. And then it was the, the script day with the circle around it that said Alabama Crimson Tide from 04 to 18. And now technically the official logo is just the script day without the circle around it. Just the script day by itself, which makes sense because that's what like, ESPN has been using more um, just the script day by itself and not including the circle around it. That's the, that's the midfield football logo is yeah. with, that has the circle. Yeah. Um, honestly, with the, the usage of the script day, it's, it's not as clunky as say like an entire block, which just takes up so much space, but. 
the the basketball program has been kind of at the forefront of even using older logos than that. Like the one before the block A, the one that's got the elephant and the AU on it. Like Aaron Estrada was wearing that shirt for warmups. I've seen other players be like wearing that for warmups. I think in the video they released today, actually, where they it showed them opening the new jerseys. Uh, I think Sears was wearing that one. So the basketball team just loves using the throwback uh, gear and the throwback style. And it's interesting that football is picking it up too. Um, do y'all think football is going to get a new jersey? Jacob no. Think his head. No, no, I don't. What if they do, so. though? What if they do? I, I think we're like. Wars, like new era. Yeah. Let's if, get a new jersey. If Alabama gets any sort of like new jersey alliteration in anything for football, I think the one option would maybe be the white helmets. Outside white of that, helmets. I don't see Alabama going in any other kind of direction in terms of like changing up the actual jersey itself. You know, it's, it's just too much of a classic. Like basketball, there's room to work with and kind of like tool around because they've gone through so many jerseys through the years. But with football, it's been crimson and white for so long and they're just not going to tool with that, I don't think. It's a classic look. But if I don't think they do anything crazy, but I could so see the white helmet. Yeah, that's I, I agree, Matthew. I, I think we're maybe five years from now an alternate jersey, but I just I really would be like I, I would be shocked, like if in the fall they rolled out with a new football jersey. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're gonna tweak it at all, like in terms of not just the white helmet, I think you could maybe uh, we saw. In, I believe, 2009, 2010, we saw the Nike Pro Combat uniforms, and those had, like, the American flag and then, like, the script A. Those were weird. Yeah, those were kind of weird. They had the script <laughs> A on the pants. But if you wanted to, like, slap the the elephant logo uh, or the, the block A on there somewhere on the pants, I think you could maybe make that work. But outside of that, I don't, just don't think they're going to tweak much. There's this one Alabama football jersey that had houndstooth on the collar. I don't even remember these. And then there was that one that, like, you were talking about the Nike Pro Combat where in the middle, where Alabama now has the, the script A, it had, like, a shield with the script A in it. Yeah. Those, and then those were interesting. With the first college football playoff, too, there was the um, – I don't know if it was actually on the jerseys, but they, they used a lot of, like, elephant skin for a lot of different products. And yeah. Because like I remember being a kid and having, like, the elephant skin jersey that, like, they showed Amari, Amari Cooper wearing, that kind of thing. But yeah, I would I would be surprised if they did a New Jersey, but if they like tweaked some things, that wouldn't necessarily be shocking, especially with like DeBoer and them using the block A these days. Yeah, I, I think you wonder now where this goes in terms of like marketing, like maybe at Coleman Coliseum, when do we start seeing the block A logo on banners, on signs? When on... do we see the block A logo at midcourt? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that's what we need to see. I think with the jerseys, you've and Coach DeBoer like accepting that logo and really being embracing it. I think you're you're going to be able to see the, the door crack a little bit for using that logo in a lot of different circumstances now. It's it's good though that they have the new jersey and they desperately needed a new look. Yeah, and as it, far as, as as far as other sports as well, uh, that. I think we're not done yet and as far as new logos and, and things to come. So keep keep your eyes peeled. That That's a man who knows what he's talking about. So one thing I want to see other teams do is use 
Crimson Tide. Because yes. every I feel like every sport has like like baseball and softball they'll have like a script Alabama or script Bama, mm-hmm. but they never use Crimson Tide. And like y'all know how Tennessee has those like script Vols jerseys. I think like a a white jersey with like a script Tide in red would be sick. Like I think those that would be a really cool jersey. Or even if you did that for like where the script is more normally used, like for baseball or softball, yeah. if you had like a baseball jersey that had a script tied across the front, like I don't, they don't have that, do they? I, I don't think so. I got, I think they all say either Alabama or just Bama. Yes, I, I believe that that's right. Uh, yeah, I, I believe that that is correct. I can't say I'm. Entirely well versed with all of the the jersey collection for baseball, but I believe I don't I don't think there's a Crimson Tide. I think softball might have one. Yeah, I, I'm looking it up. I don't think there's a Crimson Tide for baseball. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing anything either. No, I'll tell you that the the script Alabama that they use is beautiful. They should just do that. Yeah, it looks good. Lot. It. it it's a gorgeous uniform. I'm glad they brought that back. But th- this picture that we're looking at right here with the five starters all wearing the like the the jersey looks so good. This needs to be their primary jersey. I I totally agree. I think I do I do wonder if that happens. Um, like next year. I mean, I guess there's not really anything saying you can't. I mean, nothing's yeah, saying it, they can't just wear these the rest of the home games. Like sure. stopping them. Another thing too, if you wanted to go in that direction, you could just invert the colors and you know have the white lettering instead of the the crimson lettering, and do the yeah. the red um, like lining instead of the white lining for the for everything else. It it would work. You just have to flip the colors around and make it work that way, and it, it yeah. would look just as good. Yeah, I think if they wanted to do a road jersey, they would just do the same font. They might do Alabama instead of crimson tied across the top in like white with a red jersey, and then like a white. Yeah, I can see that. That'd be cool. And that would honestly look like the early 2000s road jerseys. Yeah, I I like when teams use like a little bit of the, the curved curviness in terms of like fonding uh, on the front of their jerseys. Like as opposed to where Alabama has now, it's just like straight Alabama. If you tilt that a little bit, curve it. Yeah, it really yeah I know what you mean. I agree. Kind of like yeah. this one, crimson and tide are a little curved. Yeah, to tide fit. is curved. Yeah. It looks so good. Like they, they. Some people are hating because they like don't like the the font. I I can kind of see that. I I like the. I think the block font was intentional because it's supposed to be like retro theme. Yeah, that, that's you know that's the thing is like it's kind of pieced together from a lot of like inspiration from different designs and and brought together and I I, I really like it. I think it's gonna pop and look like incredible on on the floor on saturday i'm i'm really excited yeah it's gonna look really cool on saturday so excited but the big big game against a&m is one what five yeah or six? Let's, let's get into that game a little bit i think hold on Streamyard is being weird okay we can we can get rid of the jersey from from the layout now there we oh. go Oh, we're back now. Okay, so 
Alabama, Texas A&M. Texas A&M owns Nato's, kind of, to an extent. Yeah. Uh, they're they're 3-1. and one. Nato's only, only win over Texas A&M was in the SEC championship game last year where they beat the doors off of them. But before that, Oates was 0-3, and, and those three games were home game, Oates' first year in 2020. Uh, A&M won in Coleman. In 2021, they didn't play. It got canceled, not due to COVID, but due to a, an ice storm. Uh, the teams couldn't travel. And then in 2022, A&M came into Coleman and won on senior day, senior night. So 2-0. And then 2023, the last game of the regular season, Alabama went over to College Station, played in Reed Arena, lost by like 10. Five. I five. It was right. close. It, it, was it was close. A game. I think it, it got stretched at the end. Um, I think it was like eight or nine or something. But A&M won. So 3-0. Um, Alabama was lucky that it won the uh, Iron Bowl basketball last year to end the season, or it would have split the title with A&M and had gone on the road and gotten beat to, to lose or to make it a split. So that would have been rough. Um, but now A&M comes into this game. They've won three straight. Will have been, I'm assuming they beat Vanderbilt tonight by the time this episode goes up. If, if they don't, we're wrong. Congratulations to Vanderbilt. Shocked. Congratulations to Vanderbilt. Um, so we're going to say they've won four games in a row and that they're seven and four in conference play because that's what we assume that they're going to be. The, this team's pretty good. Uh, like, they're starting to become what we thought they could be um, at the start of the season. Or honestly, what dare I say what they should have been from the start, given what they were returning. Um have you all watched a lot of AM this year? A decent amount. I mean, you obviously their their guards are good. Wade Taylor shoots like he pay, gets paid more than the head coach there. Uh and Tyus Rapid. <laughs> so uh they they've got a really good backcourt. I think they've got some length in the wings and on the front court. I think they're just they're a little weak, kind of like Alabama. So I think that plays to Alabama's advantage, but they're a really solid team. It's just you got to key in on the guards, and uh, Taylor and Radford are liable to catch fire at pretty much any moment. How many three-point – Jacob, you might know this because we've talked about this today. How many three-point attempts does Wade Taylor have on the season? It's like a hundred, like 150, I think. I mean, oh, no. It is uh, – hold on. Is it oh, 191. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, 191 <laughs> three-point attempts. For for context, if you think Mark Sears shoots a lot, he's only at 126. And Mark Sears shoots like five threes a game, it feels like. Yeah. So Probably. not only is Wade Taylor shooting, let's see, he shot 191 threes going into tonight's game against – Vanderbilt, he's only making 30% of them. He's shooting 30% from three, which, uh, for more context, is only 4% better than Grant Nelson. And we know how much he has struggled from three-point range this season. He has made 59 of his 191 
attempts for 30.9%. He's just chucking. He that's like eight and a half, chucking. nine a game. Yeah. Yeah, that that's insane. So he's going to shoot the ball. Um, he started the game against Tennessee last weekend, five for five. He can make them. I mean, if you shoot that many, you're going to make some of them, right? Yeah, you have yeah. to. You literally have to. You you have to. He's a really good player, though. Preseason SEC Player of the Year. Uh, so he's one of the best guards in the league. Tyrese Radford and him together. Didn't Tyrese Radford get arrested and then just never sat a game? Yeah, played the very, very next day. I The next day? Against Florida. And they needed him. They won by, like, four. Yeah, that's right. So good for Boots. Uh, not doing any time currently. Uh, where is he on this three? What if I told you that Tyrese Radford doesn't even have their second most three-point attempts? It is Jace Carter, yep. who has 96. It's literally just. And he's shooting 21% on 96, on 96 attempts. These dudes can't shoot. Like, ah, there's Tyrese Radford. 71 attempts. Radford's shooting 27% from three. So their problem this whole year really has just been that they haven't been able to make shots. And they're taking way, way And they're way taking a whole lot of them. Jeez. They finally made them against Tennessee and yeah. blew Tennessee's doors off. So right. good for them. Yeah. But, like – they're a weird team because they brought everybody back from a team that went 15 and three in league play, but now they're just not. Like, well, they, well, they brought everybody back, but then they lose Julius Marble for right. Yeah. Reasons. But yeah, he, they still, but still, like they have yeah. Henry Coleman, like they they've still got a good, they've got a good team. They got a tournament team for sure. Yeah. What are they right now? Like a ten seed, nine seed, eight seed? Somewhere in there, I mean, maybe higher. Like they're they're fifteen and eight. They didn't like they played a good non conference. They just lost all of the important games. Like that, they like they beat. Actually, no, they have a win over Iowa State. That's a good win. That that is a good win. That like pushes them past the boundary. Um, yeah, they that that's a good win for them. I mean, they like they're just strange. Lost okay, they Memphis. lost to FAU, decent team. Virginia, decent or good team. Memphis, eh. Houston, good team. And then their SEC losses are LSU, Auburn, Arkansas, Ole Miss. So the only like good SEC team they've lost to is Auburn. But at the same time, they have wins over Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee. Yeah. So they have good wins. The, their split with LSU was kind of what I expected, just the opposite, which is strange. Right. Like, I didn't expect maybe, them to lose by 15 at home. Yeah. And I didn't expect them to necessarily win at Baton, win at LSU. I mean, they. No. Like, they're just a strange team. Uh, depth wise, like, their rotation is not. I mean, it's not deep, like, at all. No. Hay- Hayden Hefner plays a lot. That's not good. No, and that is that's bad. Actually, that's very that's bad. Bad for them. Like that's like whenever. I mean, I guess we basically start all four guards right now. Like all all of your your best four guards. But 
even then depth wise, like you'll keep some of them on and Hayden Hefner will be guarding like it, Aaron. Is Ken Palm trying to tell me that Wade Taylor is a junior? Uh, is that true? Apparently. Yeah, he's a junior. You, I feel like he's been there for ages. I, I feel the same way. That's crazy. Yeah, he's he's been there three years. So So his okay. I guess that makes sense. Twenty twenty two is his first year. Yeah. Um They're small. No, they're yeah. they're little, dude. Like I that plays really, really well to Alabama, obviously. Like that's one of the only like if you look at the games that Alabama's lost, it's been mostly front court. Like you can like Edie, Kalkbrenner, Balu, Broom, uh, the guy from Ohio State, PJ Hall, Tennessee. Yeah, all of Tennessee. So all of Tennessee. Yeah, plays in Alabama's favor. Also, Alabama's coming off a of bye week, and so SEC teams get a Saturday to Saturday where they don't play a midweek game. Everybody does this season once, except Kentucky because they decided to play Gonzaga. Um, so they don't get a bye. Uh, tough for them. So Alabama gets this by. Nate Oates was talking on Hey Coach last night about how first two days are just defense good because um, they need to get that number up. Um, they need to get their defensive efficiency higher. Um, first two days are going to be defense, and then they get into more A&M prep, scout, whatever. Um, I think the fact that Alabama played three out of four road games, they – Let's see, were their last four games? It was at Georgia, stayed at home, at Auburn, at LSU. Yep. Were their last four, uh, if I'm re- remembering right. So you had like a 15-point comeback against Georgia, um, easy home game against State, go on the road, get thrashed by Auburn, uh, go on the road again, and uh, compete. LSU competes with you for 75% of the game. You hit a bunch of shots late, pull away. But that, that's a lot of – those are – three road games out of four is pretty tough. So for Alabama to come back, they get the week off, get their legs fresh, and now AM's not an easy team to prepare for with how um, good their backcourt is, especially with how Alabama struggled defensively this year. And so uh, for them to be able to have a week off and be at home for back-to-back games now against Texas A&M and Florida, two teams that are surging – that's really good. I think the schedule sets up really nice for Alabama with these next two home games being very important, especially for the SEC title race. I think Alabama gets it done on Saturday. I think, um, like you said, Jacob, the size, fact, the fact that Alabama hasn't struggled against um, small teams. Like South Carolina is a team I think of where they've won a lot of games. Their tallest rotation player is like 6'10". Right, yeah, I think BJ six ten. Like they, they're not super big, and yeah. I think Alabama dominated them on the glass. Alabama also was really good on the glass against LSU. Alabama's guards have started to rebound really well. Um, Alabama's offensive rebound percentage is thirty five point four per Ken Palm. That's twenty sixth in the country. That's really Maybe. good. And you know who's first? Is it Texas A&M? 
Texas A&M at 43%. That's crazy. So defensive rebounding, which is something Alabama has struggled with, is going to be a key. If, I, I think Saturday, if you can – like, you don't even have to force them. They're begging you to let them shoot threes. If you let them shoot threes all day and you're able to get more rebounds than that, it, you could have a nice 20-point win under your belt just by showing up on Saturday. Like that they, they have the third worst like the fifth worst three point number in the country. They have like the tenth worst effective field goal they number. Twenty seven percent from three as a team. Yeah. That's, That's awful. Like, unreasonably bad. Yeah. And they don't like they keep shooting. Like it's <laughs> they just keep shooting. Like they're just not a good shooting team. Like I, I Nate like Nate had the quote a few weeks ago juxtaposed to, to Bruce's quote about shooting of like, I'm cheering on guys to keep on shooting. Because we have good like basketball players that shoot the three. Alabama ball. has good shooters. They have five of the top like 11 or yeah. four of the top 11 three-point shooters in the conference. And a and has... Four dudes over 40%. Yeah, and a and is not that. They're, nope. they're the opposite direction. Like that's... I, I just I don't know. I, I think you have plenty of age and depth at guard for Alabama. That's what AM's gonna try and do. Like they're they're gonna try and get to the free throw line a, a, a decent bit as well. Like they, they don't and they don't shoot it well from there either. They're shooting like below seventy percent. Um I, I think I think you can really like if you play good straight up defense, if this team is able to, which normally out of breaks they have played good defensively. They've like also played team. good defensively at home. Yeah, yeah. Like the, this team's not an elite defensive team, and we, like everybody knows that. Obviously, they can be a good defensive team and just set that floor a little higher. Um, and this is a really good chance to do that today and then next week with Florida, or not today the, on Saturday, yeah. and then with Florida next week. And then if Alabama can keep them. Oh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and the, the law of averages with A and M too. Like when they beat Tennessee, they shot forty percent from three, and they're yeah. shooting what twenty-seven currently. It, that's yeah. It's gonna balance out. I, I I have a strong suspicion when A and M rolls into Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I just if Alabama can keep them off the glass, they're not gonna make enough shots to even like. If Alabama can keep them off the offensive glass, can A and M even make enough shots to stay in the game with how Alabama plays offense at home? I'm, Statistically, I'm it says probably not. So, I mean, we'll see. Ken Palm has the line at, or Ken Palm has Alabama winning eighty-four to seventy-five, a nine-point win. Um, gives Alabama an eighty percent chance to win the game. Um, line's not out yet. I think Alabama's probably going to be an eight to nine-point favorite. Yeah. I would probably lean taking Alabama the the number there. If I'm being honest, like coming off a bye, teams in the SEC are five and one coming off a bye. Who is the only loss? Coming off the bye, Saturday game. Uh, maybe, well, I guess Missouri has their bye this week. The answer is so really obvious. It's very, it, very obvious. Is it Vanderbilt? It is Vanderbilt. Oh. Because they hosted Tennessee at home after that. That's right. And Tennessee was also coming off a bye, so one of them had to lose. True. It's true. Uh, the only – yeah, it's the only time that anybody has 
loss coming off a bye so far in the SEC play. We just saw Florida uh, come off a bye against Auburn and thrash them. That getting your legs fresh on a bye does does a lot, and uh, I, I think it's going to play heavily in Alabama's favor so that they won't have to burn these beautiful jerseys if they yes. lose. <laughs> because if Alabama loses, never seen the block A is canceled, and it will never be seen again. Uh, a last no stat note on A&M is they, they give up 45 threes a game. Like I'm a sorry. loud? Like, sorry, I'm sorry. Wait, let me read. Surely not. Sorry, they're allowing 44% Okay. Wait, okay. Am I, am I, I was like, what? what am I reading here? <laughs> they allow forty-four percent from three. No, they. Sorry, they allow thirty-four percent from three. This is one of the style things. I I think just relative to oh. to twos, they allow a good bit of threes. So no, they allow forty-four percent of the opponent's attempts to be three pointers. I'm looking yes. at that. Sorry, yeah. I my brain just glitched. I was like trying to make. I was like, why is it not? <laughs> Making sense when I try to say this, yeah. yeah so that they allow forty-four percent of their opponents' field goal attempts to be three-pointers. Yeah, D, D1 average is a low number. D1 average is thirty-seven. No, it's a high number. Yeah. Oh, that's so, good. That's good for Alabama then. Very good. They allow they allow teams to shoot a lot. Yes. Yeah, typically, if you let a really good three-point shooting team shoot a lot of threes, that's that's good. That's good. A lot of times AM has given Alabama trouble, but this just doesn't feel like one of those. It it just it just doesn't. Fresh legs, fresh jerseys. It's gonna be tough. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So moving into the last thing we're gonna talk about today is the SEC championship, SEC regular season championship race. Um Alabama nine and two, South Carolina nine and two. Tennessee and Auburn both have three losses. That's kind of your top four. Then at four losses hanging around are Kentucky, Florida, Texas a That's your very clear top seven in the SEC, in my opinion. Of the top four, which it really seems like a four-team race for the title, who are you picking and why? Matthew, I will start with you. Oh goodness, um, it's a tough one. It's really tough. My, it's for me. It's between uh, South Carolina and Alabama. I think Carolina of those teams has the easiest route to uh, securing a title. But I really, I've just Alabama's done this before. I, I got to give the edge to Alabama there because they've had the experience of ha- having done this in past years of really making a late push towards an SEC championship. I like the experience. I like how they're playing. I, I got to roll with Alabama there. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. I think um, – I, I tweeted on Saturday. I was like, there's a very real path opening for South Carolina to win. I think for me that's mostly just that they the window is actually there now. Uh, I still – I think they'll finish fourth. Uh, their end-of-season schedule is rough, rough. I mean, they go at Auburn – then LSU at home, and that's literally their last easy game. And then they have Ed Ole Miss at AM, Florida at home, Tennessee at home, at Mississippi State. 
Like that that's is. The with, yeah, that's the thing with all these teams, though. It's all like all teams they all have tough schedules, finishing disgustingly hard. I mean, Alabama. Like Tennessee's hard. last four games are all against top fifteen teams. Yeah. Or yeah, top like, twenty-five teams. It's brutal for South Carolina, and uh, again, you kind of wonder if if they're. I honestly think to, South Carolina's path is like they. I think they have the easiest schedule to end. I do too. It's it's just it's one of those things where all of them are hard. There's like no it's hard, path. but it's because yeah. like compare that to Alabama has to play Florida twice. They've got to play Tennessee still. They've got to go to Kentucky. They've got to go to Ole Miss. Like and then you look at Tennessee. The end of Tennessee's schedule is. Their last four games is Auburn at Alabama at South Carolina, Kentucky. Yeah. My thing and then with Auburn still has to go to Knoxville. Auburn still has to go to Athens. They've got both South Carolina and Kentucky this week. Yeah. Like, my, my thing with schedule's hard. With Auburn and uh in Tennessee and Alabama is all of these those three programs have all been in this position before. They all know how to win in these spots. And if you're South Carolina and you're down the stretch with an SEC title on the line, and you hit hit a roadblock, you drop a game, maybe you're not supposed to, so in B2 at home, you go to a really tough road environment and get blown out. You kind of wonder how South Carolina is going to respond because they've never been yeah. in that position before. Lamont Paris is only his second year in the league. Uh, they've got a guys that really a roster full of transfers and um, this younger kid, I think – if they, it, it's really going to matter if, if South Carolina, because they're going to hit a bump at some point. It's how they respond to that bump. And if South Carolina can handle it and go out and win, you know, the next couple of games after that and be fine, then sure, South Carolina's going to have a chance to win. But I think Alabama, Tennessee, and Auburn are all better equipped to be in that position because they've been there before. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I feel the same way, Matthew. And I think, like, I think you look at it. And for me, I've got it down to, like, like the, there's eight games that are not like, pretty big favorite at home or mostly favorite, like for the top four teams to be favorite away. Um, Tennessee at Alabama, Alabama at Kentucky, Auburn at Tennessee, Kentucky at Auburn, South Carolina at Auburn, Alabama at Florida, Tennessee at A&M was one of them. Uh, and then Tennessee at South Carolina, South Carolina at A&M. So that's, let's see, nine, nine games there. Um, basically, if Those you're Alabama. Those games will decide the change. If, if you're Alabama and five of those go your way, I, I think that's curtains. Like I, like I, truthfully, like you can control three of those if you're Alabama. So Tennessee, Kentucky, or Tennessee at Kentucky at Florida. If you go two and one, you I think. Oh, if Alabama goes two there. and one in that stretch, they are winning the title. There is yeah. no question. At three and zero, oh, you have it so low. Like truly, like it's these are the I games. I think those are the only three games Alabama might lose like I don't I'm not worried about Alabama's trip to Oxford anymore mm. like I Ole Miss doesn't worry me really so the three games that Alabama I think is most likely to lose are those road trips to Kentucky and Florida and then the home game against Tennessee if Alabama goes three and oh they might finish 16 and two yeah. if Alabama goes two and one I think 15 and three is very much on the table I'm expecting I'm going to be on the conservative side and expect one and two in those three with a 14 and four finish. And I think 14 and four at minimum shares the title. 100%. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. That's where I get to as well. Like the, the results for Saturday for Alabama could not have been more perfect. Man. Oh, they you, set it up perfectly. You've got your game advantage back on everybody uh, besides South Carolina. Only our, in the one meeting. 
yeah, t- tomorrow night Auburn's got South South Carolina and Auburn. One of them's got to lose, so either Auburn's a four loss team and they're basically out unless they went out. Right. South Carolina's a three loss team and like staring down six tough games, five five or six tough games, um, and then t- Tennessee. Tennessee like, picking up that loss was huge. That that changes things because then if you beat yeah. Tennessee, that's worth basically two games. Right. Like it, it's yeah. one they can't have, and it's one you get. So I, I think if you go one and two and beat Tennessee, I think that's it. Uh, like, I, I really do. If the one win is Tennessee, that might be it. Yeah. It's, which is crazy. I mean, that's like, that's where we're at. Like, you, this team has pretty much shown that they're not going to lose a dumb one. Like, obviously, that can still and happen. And that is why they're in the position that they're in. Because, they, because they haven't lost the dumb one yet. They, they were staring down 17 to two at Georgia and scored 45 points from the 10-minute mark in the second half on. Yeah. They scored nearly five points a minute. And they were staring down. LSU stormed back and took a one-point lead, and they said, actually, we're going to score 40 points over the next five minutes. Yeah. And And, and then they literally made four threes in a row. Right. Yeah, because that's what they do. It's so funny. Like, you you got your, your win that nobody else got in Starkville. That, that win was so big. Huge, like, looking I mean, back, that is a top – maybe a top three win of the season. Yeah. If you – like, there's a very, very realistic chance at the end of the SEC play that the top four, Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, and South Carolina, go one and three in Starkville. Alabama gets the one and wins by a game. Like, that's – Yeah, I would not be shocked if, about, if South Carolina lost in Starkville. Yeah. Like, that wouldn't shock me at all. It's – like it's here. Like, Alabama's gotten through. I, I honestly, I kind of think Alabama has maybe the easiest of the four schedules remaining. Like I, I think the at Rupp, honestly, if it was like the same caliber team as Kentucky and they wore different jerseys and it wasn't Rupp, I, I think everybody would kind of feel the same. Like they're they're a team with zero defense, and yeah, the wheels are falling off. Like. They really are for Kentucky. They've had three home losses in a row, and you get them like basically their second to last home game or close to it. So I, I don't think that's be des- they might be desperate. That they might be desperate, but like that they still just aren't as good as like especially going if they game. lose to Auburn. Yeah, which and Neville is very feasible. They're going to stop. And then you can, you know, there's a chance you can go down to Florida and be like, hey, we can. We can win this right now and wait for see everybody at Coleman when we get back or dump 110 points on Eric Musselman's head as he walks out the door on that last Saturday <laughs> and hang it later. Like these are uh, th- this like, is the very real reality of this season, which is it's, I mean, it's very possible. Yeah. If Alabama can hold serve at home, you've got to beat Florida and Texas saying like if Alabama can hold serve in their four easiest games of the seven remaining, which would be Texas A&M at home, Florida at home, Arkansas at home, and on the road at Ole Miss, which could be tricky, but I think Alabama is a good enough team to where they should win that game, especially with what we've seen. Yep. Road games have been tough for Alabama, but they've won the ones they're supposed to. And I think they would be maybe five, six point favorites in that game. Like Oxford at one point looked really tough to play in. It doesn't really look that way anymore, I don't think. Um, so if Alabama can hold serve in those games, and like we said, go one and two, 
in those other three. That game against Tennessee might be college game day. I I think it will because I don't think Alabama loses before then. And that's two and a half weeks one, out. Alabama one out going into that game, that would be crazy. Yeah. Well, I sorry, I guess we go to Lexington before that game, but so that's the only Even one. Even if Alabama lost in Lexington, they would announce college game day before that game even got played. Yep. I, so, I think, so I think Baylor Kansas is also that Saturday, but they've also they already, already did a Baylor Kansas game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They literally just did Baylor Kansas last week. Yeah. So that's where's where's game day this week? It's at Auburn this week, isn't it? Yeah. It's at Auburn. Auburn, Kentucky. I game day. Look, we talked to Seth. I was gonna he say we thought about it. He like that that game might be like a top. If Alabama keeps winning, that's going to be like a top 12 game. If, if game day comes to Alabama, you can thank Blue Collar Unplugged. You heard true. it. You can. You can. That's we true. planted the seeds three, four months ago. We planted the yeah. seeds in October. So if it happens, you're welcome. Uh, but I think, I think we're all picking Alabama to win the regular season yeah. at, as it stands right now, which is crazy because Nate Oates lost three assistants to the league. Nate Oates lost Charles Bediaco unexpectedly. Nate Oates lost Javon Quinterly in July. Didn't expect it. Nate Oates lost two first-round picks. He had to replace nine players. He played – he went six and five in non-conference play. And they're sitting here nine and two at the bye week with a chance to win a third regular season title in four years while this was supposed to be like a, a bridge year between elite recruiting classes because that Alabama got obviously the Brandon Miller class next year's recruiting class is top five. The one that they brought in this year recruiting wise was like out was like top 15. It was like around 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there. It wasn't elite. So for Alabama to be where they are right now is incredible. It's amazing. Nato, my cousin Vinny. Yeah. Yeah, Nato. We'll, we'll never grow tired of seeing that tweeted with nine minutes left on the clock while still sitting. <laughs> that was in. insane. He's done when, it a few times too. I know. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I like Lamont Paris is going to get Coach of the Year for the SEC and maybe nationally, and like he, they were he picked last. Yeah, I know. Every, like it's been shocking. That's good for them, but like if you you are you are blind if you pretend to not see the case for for Coach Oates to be. SEC Coach of the Year. He's got to close it out, but this is his best coaching job if he does close it out. Without a doubt. This is true. Like, let the system cook. Like, we're going to get you there, and it's working. It is. I think that's going to wrap up our episode today, unless you all have anything else you're going to add. I uh, was just going to quickly add, Vegas also has Alabama winning the league. They are the plus-125 favorite. Auburn and Tennessee both trail behind at 270. And you have South Carolina 750. They don't trust the Gamecocks. I don't either. Yeah, I, My eyes tell me one thing, but they keep winning the game, so I can't really say anything about it. They, they keep winning. I, like, it, three and four, like two and five to finish is like – very Kim Palm has Kim Palm has game by game two and five. Yeah, I I think they probably somehow still go four and three, but um, 
I'm I'm selling. I'm selling South Carolina and buying up as much Alabama stock as I can. Uh, last thing, Kimpom has its uh, its conference projections. Okay. Kimpom projects Alabama to win the league outright at fourteen and four. Okay. He has Auburn at thirteen and five, Tennessee at thirteen and five, South Carolina at twelve and six. Rounding out your top four. Okay. Um, so he has basically everybody, or he has Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn losing two more each, but Alabama keeping that one game lead. And he has South Carolina losing four more. Wow. So has them finishing four and four, I think. Um, no, three and four. They only have seven games left. He has South Carolina finishing three and four. So. There you have it. That's Ken Palm's uh, predictions, projections, not predictions, projections. Uh, but that will be it for today's episode. We'll be back. Uh, Y'all want to do one after A&M to talk sure. about that that Florida sure. game? Yeah. That'll be a fun one. Florida's Absolutely. Florida's on a roll, too. So pre- preview Florida and Kentucky. Hammer Auburn spread tomorrow. I don't know what it is yet. Whatever it is, hammer it. They're winning that game. Yeah. It's... Official advice. I, We're not liable, but that's official advice. L- Lamont Paris is not going to enjoy his time in the state of Alabama this no, season. He will I, not. He will he, not. So, yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, that that's it. We're we're gonna stop rambling now and wrap this up. But we will uh, catch you guys in the next one. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>